The views and opinions expressed on this program aren't necessarily those of this station, but those of the sponsors, Armada Advisors. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. You're on American Radio right now. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Jake Walker. I am joined by um, Armada Advisors. Wesley Odom is in the studio this morning for over 30 years. Uh, they've been helping uh, uh, people manage you know, over $150 million with Fidelity Investments. Check out their new location over on 1800 North E Street. They're online at armadaadvisors.com, or just give them a call on the phone, 497-6167. Mr. Odom, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. All, All right, well. great. Yes. Um, so we just had uh, Mike Wiggins on the garden line here. Uh, always fun on a, on a Tuesday to have him in there, and we're talking about everything from uh, roses to camellias and, and weeds and uh, talking about how to get get rid of weeds in your yard, but uh, but people can actually weed out their portfolio, right? Their investments, right? Absolutely. This right. Uh, you know early part of the year is probably the best time to uh, open the statement, so to speak, and figure mm-hmm. out okay, what are my weeds in the portfolio? And uh, everyone has them. I mean, right. you got to admit it, whether it's a stock or a bond or a mutual fund, uh, you got to reassess that periodically, and uh, that's what we can help people do. Just try to figure out, okay, are they positioned right where they want to be in their objectives and whatnot for the future? And that's just something you kind of have to stay on top of, right, all the time. Well, you do. I mean, there's different techniques you want to look at uh, for each, just like uh, with each type of um, in a garden, you want to put different types of uh, chemicals maybe on different parts of the garden. Um, in a portfolio, you're going to look at your bonds differently from your stocks. Um, you know, sometimes people ask me to say, well, how do you know when to to trade out of it. Well, it's fundamentally anything changed with the company, you know, in the portfolio. I mean, have you, have you found a better alternative? You know, if you might've gotten good return, you know, look back historically and say, well, look how much I've made in this, uh, this particular investment. Well, that might be good, but what's the forward outlook for the company now? Uh, Have things changed? You know, I know a long, long time ago, there were people who owned uh, stock in AT&T, especially I'm talking back, back in the nineties and before, and they were in the process of splitting up in different uh, regional baby bells. And a lot of people were thinking, you know, well, am I, my grandmother owned AT&T, it must be good. And you know, the AT&T that your grandmother owned is not the AT&T today. Mm. So you have to reassess the kind of situation you're in uh, to figure out, you know, where you're going to be. You know, you know, in other words, the, the same, a uh, car that got you to the station, the same uh, stock that got you for the grandmother might not be the one for you. Uh, so you have to reassess that. Uh, you know, right now we have some interesting things uh, dealing with, port, um, you, you know, the market. Uh, last year, some of the worst performing classes were uh, utilities. And utilities historically have been, you know, a safe place to be um, for investors, especially retired investors. Uh, they like that dependable income. They know that utility for the most part, it's not going to go out of business. Um, but, you know, historically, long-term, you look at the uh, you know utility rate of return, you're maybe looking at around 9, 8, 7 to 9%, including appreciation and dividend over time, because mm-hmm. uh, these are regulated for the most part. Most of these utilities are. And you have to, you know, right last year, they suffered a negative uh, return. This year, they're negative. Um, and what that tells me is that uh, historically, the last group of uh, companies 
to, to go go down when a, a, a to pull back uh, during a, uh, an epic, epic economic situation when right now we have higher interest rates mm-hmm. are utilities and uh, by utilities continuing to decline this year it tells me that perhaps that the interest rates are going to be higher longer than we think. I know at the beginning of the year, the hope was, oh, my gosh, they're going to lower interest rates right. and uh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. And, um, you know, I always love the camp of, well, I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, we still have wage inflation. Uh, and recently the Fed came out with some news uh, that said, hey, you know, um, looks like we're not going to be raising interest rates anytime soon, mm. you know. And and, uh, and and all of a sudden the market was like surprised to some extent. It's like, oh, my gosh, right. what? What? We're expecting an injection. And, and there are parts of the market that, uh, especially there's some of the talking heads on, on TV, they're, they're, um, they're uh, like addicted to that that uh, rate cuts, for example. I mean, mm. it's like the junkie who has to get that rate cut. And when he doesn't get the rate cut, it, you know, his uh, – He's not getting his fix, so to speak, and so he's upset. So you have to ask yourself: Number one, are you a, a trader, or are you a a market um, investor? You know, mm-hmm. for a longer period of time. And also, two, you have to realize that even if your portfolio goes down necessarily, doesn't mean it's time to get out. You have to look at why it went down. You know, mm-hmm. there was a case where in 2022, uh, we had had Amazon for many years for clients, and Amazon went down like 40 percent that year. And um, you have to ask yourself, well, what happened to Amazon? Well, they had built into huge amount of uh, distribution facilities. I mean, just mammoth uh, numbers in order to mm-hmm. keep up with demand. If had, had they kept on saying, oh, we're not going to build any more distribution facilities, all of a sudden people would have gotten uh, their, their things later and later, and it wouldn't have been a good situation when right. the complaints started to come in. Mm-hmm. So that they did that, and they also invested in a company called Rivian, which is a hopeful um, yes. electric idea, mm-hmm. electric truck company that – uh, they thought we may, might be able to uh, replace their gas, you know, final delivery vehicles mm-hmm. into electric vehicles, and that was a big failure. It didn't work out, so they sold that, lost billions of dollars, spent billions, you know, in in uh, revenue they would have had normally, um, you know, into infrastructure. And, and of course, what does that do? It puts money to build it up, but it allows a great year. And they actually last year had an eighty point eight percent year. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? You know, and yeah. and uh, in similar situations, we even utilities too. You know, if you have a utility you own for a long, long time, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, is it um, makes sense for me to get rid of it? I have such a low cost basis, or accept the volatility? It's probably going to be down for a while, and I'm only going to get the dividend out of this security. You know, is there a better idea for me? Mm. And you know, if if you're diversified and you have a diversified portfolio, that's the key to anything in the investments. You don't want all your eggs in one basket. You want to have a diversity of portfolio so you can, you know, when one is zigging and another is zagging. And that's uh, what we try to do in, in build portfolios with people and reassess always when you get a, you, when you do that. Hmm. What are some other things that we should look for uh, when weeding out our portfolio? What are some other factors that when you see it, you go, okay, I know I need to make a change here. I think that um, anytime that, you know, you, you know, you, we always buy something when you think the upside is there. The risk is uh, is such that the, there's not as much downside risk. And when you experience, let's say, a security goes down 30%, you got to ask yourself, okay, what happened with this um, assessment? Is it a is it a market situation? Um, a good example, like was truly not not uh, well. Amazon was. I gave you one example. TrueLeave is another example of a company mm-hmm. that. 
uh, that we bought into. Um, we still like it. I remember if I, I was here for the last show and I said in December, I told people, hey, you know, the, the, the number one stock I think right now for 2024, I've had to put money on it would be True Leave. And they kind of looked at me like, oh, you're crazy, man. That's a medical marijuana company. They're like three bucks a share. But you know what? They're $11 a share now. Wow. You know, 11. So from three to 11, that's really good. Um, why? I mean, what's the reason? Why? Why? What's changed? And the change is, uh, we, we talked about it, I think, in the last show, was uh, the fact that you've got um, the Department of Health and Human Services recommended to the Drug Enforcement Agency that, um, that, they, that they reclassify um, marijuana from a Schedule One drug, which is the same as cocaine and heroin, to a mm-hmm. Schedule Three drug. Right. I mean, that's huge. And I heard about uh, possible legislation that DeSantis uh, is supporting that will make the first three offenses uh, non-criminal. You know, oh, that's great. So, good news. I mean, yeah, it definitely could be de- decriminalized. And I've noticed every time you drive by a dispensary, especially the ones over in my uh, part of town, it started out when they first opened, you'd see one car, maybe a couple of the people that work there. Now the parking lots are full. I mean, any part of the day you drive by, there's usually at least, you know, five, 10 cars there. So I know the they're doing store. more business. The True Leave store. Yes. Uh, you go by the other ones is not as big. Well, True Leave is kind of like the, the big boy, they're like the Costco. They're the, you know, like they're the, they're the big boy in that market, I think. They're the nicest ones, I think. Right. right. Yeah. Definitely the most professional looking. Uh, got the best marketing, definitely. Um, not that I would know or anything. Uh, if you got any questions, let us know. 437-1620. Call or text, and we'll get your answers uh, here right on the air. Um, we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, uh, the utilities not doing well in 2023, but the S&P did really, really well in 2023. What, what was the reason for that? It was primarily driven by um, technology stocks, also um, some consumer cyclical stocks like Amazon, for example. And then you had communication stocks uh, like um, Meta and also Google. Uh, Meta was up like 190 percent. Uh, this year alone, Meta has made a really good earnings report recently. They jumped a lot more. Uh, Meta is also known as Facebook. Uh, just let people know oh, okay. they changed their name, you know, to save the innocent a while back. And um, Google slash Alphabet, you know, whatever you're going to call them, mm-hmm. they were up like 58% last year. So those those stocks kind of really contributed a lot to the uh, that, uh, that whole sector. Um, but, you know, I tell people, and also you had technology stocks like NVIDIA, which were which I, uh, we talked about, I have some clients who own it. Uh, they were up 220% last year. It was amazing. And they're up even more this year. I mean, wow. um, and I told them, I said, you know, listen, if you're in NVIDIA, you can't expect it to go 220%, um, you know, like it did in 23, but it's up probably, I forget exactly what the percentage is this year. It's doing really well uh, because every quarter it seems like they're coming out and they're saying, okay, we anticipate earnings going to be X and all of a sudden they're Y, which are a lot more higher than X and PK people's excited. Oh my gosh, people are buying this stuff. But the only thing I caution is, again, this is I don't think this is going to be a technology year in the sense that it's going to be a runaway 50% plus year. I think that there's some other sectors out there that are real attractive and um, have, uh, you know, there's less risk associated with it uh, than, let's say, buying something that's real expensive, so to speak. Mm. Well, we hear a lot about AI stocks and NVIDIA being one associated with that. Uh, what can you say about uh, others in that in that realm? Well, there's a lot of companies that have been doing AI for literally years. I mean, Yahoo Finance, for example, is owned by, what's it owned by? I think it's Alphabet, maybe? I forget exactly. I'm sure I'll look it up. I could be really wrong about that. Um, anyway, uh, you know, they've been using AI for years. I mean, these the AI has been, they have a, what you do is they've been programming certain 
articles, for example, and then they plug in the data that comes in over the, the let's say, Bloomberg, which is a, uh, a source of information that, that's fed to financial companies. And they'll take that data and it plugs into these these um, these stories. And so the story will pop up on the stock that will make you feel like, oh, gosh, they're writing all that kind of stories about this particular company. And you think you're really good about it. Oh, man, look how these articles have been written. How people are writing like crazy about this. Well, it's computers that are writing the articles. Right. And, you know, that's AI. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you have is you have um, companies right now that I think are, are saying and, and have been saying, how can we make AI work for us? Mm. How can we how can we write a program that will allow us to do better with our investing, our information, our customer service? I mean, look at these uh, little chat things. You go to a website and you say, would you like to chat with us at 2 o'clock in the morning? I mean, really? Do you think they have somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning? No. No. They have a little computer person or a computer, you know, AI mm-hmm. that's trying to give you basic information. A bot. A bot, yes, exactly. Uh, up to a point, and then at certain points, you got to they, they, you know, they host the white flag and they say we can't be anymore, you know. Right. But anyway, I'm just saying that they're trying to do that. So, I think that's the purchasing right now that's going on. There's companies that are trying to do that, and they're also trying to lay off some com- uh, people as soon as they get it figured out, so to speak. They're doing big layoffs. We had a layoff this morning with Dropbox, which is a company that does storage of. Oh, we uh, use Dropbox here. All the time. I'm using it right now. <laughs> it's great. Great. Yeah. yeah, we have it in our company, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a great a- a- asset to utilize. And, you know, fundamentally, these guys are using that, you know, setting up drop boxes, and they're using the technology used by Adobe or set up by Adobe, which is mm-hmm. Adobe uh, everything, you know. Right. And Adobe is kind of like the uh, the big gorilla uh, that allows this kind of to go on. So mm-hmm. if you think about it, there's companies like Dropbox that do that. Are they going to be the survivors in this? Hopefully they will. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, you know, it's a tough marketplace. Hmm. We have a, a, a text that just popped in on our on our text line here. Let us know if you have any questions. Four three seven sixteen twenty. A listener wants to know your thoughts on SMCI as the combo of AMD, AI, and Nvidia. I have not heard of SMCI. I might have to look that up. SMCI. Yeah, and talk- I did look up um, Apollo Global Management owns Yahoo Finance. They took them over in twenty twenty one. Um, all right. So superior microcomputer, I'm taking it. Okay. Um, yep. You know, this is a company that, uh, certainly has gone up a lot lately. I mean, it was, wow. Uh, yeah, it has. It's like, uh, the rocket ship from beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, frankly, I've, um, I've not familiar with this particular company at all. Mm-hmm. And I know I have, um, had a blowout in the earnings. Um, but, um, it's just, uh, it's not something, I can't follow everything, but that's an interesting story um, about S- SMI or whatever, uh, CI. Uh, very interesting. So um, don't know much about us. I can't honestly uh, give you my two cents worth on that. Mm, okay. All right. Well, if you have any other questions, let us know. 437-1620. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. My guest this morning, Wesley Odom, the owner of Armada Advisors here in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, They work with Fidelity Investments, specializing in all types of financial advising from traditional wealth management to 401ks. We've been talking about weeding out our portfolios here. It's it's that time of year. We're putting down pre-emergent. We're getting ready to kill those weeds. So do we have weeds in our portfolio? Uh, if you have questions, let us know, 437-1620. What kind of investments do you think uh, other other investments will be good this year that we should look for? I think uh, certain sectors that ought to do particularly well uh, would be healthcare, um, of which, you know, obviously 
medical marijuana is a member, yep. and so is um, you know companies like Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk, which have those um, weight loss drugs. They're doing particularly well. Ah, uh, yes. Um, you know that that's um, pretty amazing. So I think uh, healthcare ought to do real well. I think also um, you have energy companies that have you know are going to do well. I mean, you have people that are certain politicians that have tried to uh, push electric vehicles down our throats and you have the consumer saying, um, I don't think so. I, I really <laughs> yeah. like my gas guzzler, you know, right. whatever, or efficient gas vehicle. Uh, because, you know, I know when there's a hurricane, I can go to a, find a station, you know, and I don't have to mm-hmm. stand in line when I, or whatever. And when I go to uh, a distance trip, but, you know, so anyway, I think that, that there's the, the public is staying away from this all electric vehicle craze and, um, craziness i should say and, and <laughs> realistically uh, you know have uh, even germany companies uh autos i were reading the other day that are reevaluating uh their go you they're transitioned into this they're saying you know maybe we need to reevaluate this and even toyota has said uh for a while now their ceo is saying this is crazy i'm not going to go into this we're going to yeah. develop like a hydrogen um, alternative or something like that right. so it's interesting to see what's going on so i think oil companies are not going to go away um, you're, you know, as much as the, some people would like to think we are going to go away, there's some really good deals. Uh, I think valuations in there. Um, anyway, and then also too, um, uh, I think that, uh, real estate, uh, securities, uh, ought to do well. I mean, we've had a, a market where real estate here in town locally has been down a little bit lately in this last year. It's been not as hot as it once. I mean, we talked about this last show where, you know, about two years ago, we had people had multiple offers on their houses. It was crazy. And the, the winner was the out-of-town guy from Minnesota or something who wanted to move down here, never seen the house. And right. he, he bids like, you know, $20,000 extra more than anybody else wanted to bid on it. So, I mean, we don't have that anymore. So uh, I think that not to say that that will happen again this coming year, I think things will just heat up more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be good for the economy. And of course, if, if interest rates go down and I'm I'm, there's a possibility it will, right. but I don't think it's going to come crashing down like some people had said earlier in the year. I think that was really, really crazy. Um, but if that happens, that could certainly help the housing market. So I think real estate stocks ought to do well. Uh, and then the other one I'd say, let me see, there's really four sectors, I think, that uh, consumer staples. I mean, consumer staples are are uh, things we eat and depend upon all the time. And there was, there was this one company that um, – we recently took a position in uh, amongst a lot of our clients, and uh, um, it was actually a, uh, a Japanese company that uh, really has been around since 1872 and um, really is, is developing a market share in the United States uh, with a new product that's uh, really been catching on amongst a younger crowd. And I think it's, uh, it's, uh, their marketing is going fantastic, and this particular company is, is really going to have some surprise earnings there to the upside that all their third quarter of last year was tremendous. I had one particular product was up 70 some odd percent. And I think this quarter we'll probably see even greater uh, increase in that particular product. And I think that that would really accelerate this company from, which had been, uh, you know, high quality company, um, you know, into the forefront again, uh, and is one of, one of the leading competitors out there in their field. Um, so anyway, that, that's, uh, that's really exciting for us to be able to get, uh, you know, in a ground floor of a, a company that's you know, trading near a 12-month low, uh, but having products really going to come out on the ninth, I think it's really going to blow out earnings. 
All right. So you said uh, oil, healthcare, real estate securities, and consumer staples all to look out for uh, this year. And I want to get into uh, maybe ones that we want to avoid as well. But we do have a caller on the phone, uh, Joe from Pensacola. Are you there, Joe? Yes. All right. What's your question? Yeah, I have a general uh, for, question. Yes. Uh, oh, in my insight, and I've got uh, relatives who are in the uh, economic and real estate business. First of all, my uh, relatives in real estate say that uh, he, he's moved to the foreclosures group now because he expects another 2008, and he lives through and he sees the signs of that. So he thinks house prices are nowhere close to uh, hitting a bottom. In fact, they're just starting to go down again. But uh, that's another story. Uh, regarding uh, precious metals and some sort of inflationary uh, uh, avenues, I uh, you know, think that uh, we're going to have a major um, – you know, upset and the, the, all everybody's running away from the U.S. dollar. The Arabs are getting away from it. The Chinese no longer, in fact, are selling our bonds. So if the dollar starts flying back to America, you're going to start seeing a highly uh, hyperinflationary situation where nobody wants them anymore. And then you got $30, $40, $50 bread, uh, $50 gas a gallon. And so if you have that, what would be a uh, backup plan if that happens in that kind of scenario? Well, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, if we had a, uh, a drastic de- deflation of the U.S. dollar, um, that would definitely cause, um, pri- you know, prices to go up. Um, and, you know, we've seen it for years when you go to the grocery store and you see the boxes uh, getting smaller and the prices got increasing. Uh, we've seen that. And they, they told us back then there was no inflation. Of course, we all knew there was inflation. And I think we've, we've got... Um, Wage inflation right now, clearly, even in the state of Florida, every year for up until 2025, you've got the uh, minimal wage increasing up to a standard $15 an hour, and uh, um, you know it's uh, it's going to happen. So that's that's wage inflation in our baked in the system and other places. I read the other day, I think Walmart's increasing their base compensation to $18 an hour. So that in itself is is um, there is inflation. So uh, is the dollar uh, depreciating value? Probably is. Does that mean gold's going to go up uh, some? Probably could go up. But generally speaking, when you expect gold to go up a lot, a lot, it's when you have uh, inflation getting ready to go crazy. And I don't think we'll have a crazy situation. I think we're having a modest increase in inflation. If we were experiencing a crazy inflation, we'd had the Federal Reserve would be continuing to raise interest rates um, aggressively. So I don't think that's happening yet, uh, fortunately. Um, um, so, but anyway, that's, uh, I know there's a lot of people who like push the gold and the silver and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I just don't see that that would be a big part of my portfolio. I think if you, the most you'd ever want to put in gold in your portfolio, uh, would be like 10%. Um, that would be the max, Uh, anything more than that. I think you're talking about speculation. All right. Joe, thank you so much for your question. And and thank you for listening today. We're coming, coming up on a Fox news break. I don't want to uh, pull us over the break here and definitely got to be ready for that. If you have questions, let us know. 437-1620. You can call or text. Uh, if you have questions for Wesley Odom from Armada Advisors, uh, we talked about the things to look out for this year uh, in, in those four sectors. But I want when we come back from the break, I want to talk about where we might want to avoid uh, in 2024. And uh, I just got a text here. Um, is, it a, is it a good time for bonds? I think it would. It depends on your maturity. I mean, I know bond uh, yields jumped today, uh, which was surprising amongst the. They kind of played off surprisingly. It jumped to like 0.25 percent, which is kind of high. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge jump in yield. 
Um, I think it makes sense for certain types of portfolios, especially someone who wants to their cash on a very short term. Um, you can get some really good deals. I mean, uh, the over five and slightly over six on a short-term basis. All right. Get your questions in before it's too late. 437-1620. We're talking with Wesley Odom of Armada Advisors. Uh, we'll be right back after Fox News. Let us know if you have any questions. And uh, armadaadvisors.com, 497-6167, or check them out at 1800 North E Street. We'll be right back. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Donald Trump is denied immunity in his federal election interference case, losing in D.C. federal appeals court. Former President Trump has claimed immunity in the case, which centers on his bid to hold on to power after losing the 2020 election to Joe Biden, as well as the run-up to the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. The 3-0 to zero decision by the judges, two Democrats and one Republican, said his actions fell outside a president's official acts. The case is expected to be appealed to the Supreme Court. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, President Biden's urging Congress to pass a border security and foreign military aid spending bill. Senate Republicans met last night in a closed-door meeting, which got so heated that reporters could actually hear screaming coming from inside the room. When leader Mitch McConnell emerged, he told me that he had a great discussion and that the conference will keep on talking. Fox's Aisha Hosni. America's listening to Fox News. Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa is here to help take the pressure off of you finding the perfect Valentine's Day gift this year. Share your love this Valentine's with a gift of renewal and relaxation at Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa. Stillwater's offers a variety of spa treatments, including facials, massages, spa pedicures, and more. Valentine's Day gift certificates can be purchased online at stillwatersmetspa.com or in person at the spa located in downtown Pensacola. Stillwater's Day and Medical Spa, Pensacola's world-class luxury spa. Delicious seafood is what you'll find at David's Catfish House. David's Catfish serves only the best Mississippi catfish, fresh Gulf seafood, and delicious homemade sides. Weekday specials include two times Tuesday, six free shrimp added to the six-piece dinner. Wednesdays offer lunch basket specials and everyone's favorite Shrimp-tastic Thursday, five bucks off all-you-can-eat shrimp. Serving fresh seafood daily. Visit David's Catfish House on Dogwood Drive in Milton and New Warrington Road in Pensacola. See you at David's. Are you hungry for news that keeps you informed, is local and dependable? Look no further than News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and on AM 1620. We're your trusted source for all the latest happenings in the Emerald Coast. From breaking news to in-depth reports, we've got you covered. Our team of experienced journalists brings you the stories that matter most to our community. Stay connected with local events, weather updates, and traffic reports, ensuring you're always one step ahead. We're News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Jake Walker. My guest this morning is Wesley Odom from Armada Advisors here in Pensacola, Florida. They've been doing financial advising for over 30 years. They currently manage about $150 million worth of investments with Fidelity, and they specialize in all types of financial advising from traditional wealth management to 401ks. And uh, we just had a, uh, if you have a question, let us know, 437-1620. We had a text over the break. Somebody wanting to know your opinion on bullet shares. 
And and what what are, what are bullet shares? I haven't heard of those. Yeah, basically, uh, bu- bullet shares are were introduced by Invesco, which is a uh, very large company. Uh, it's uh, anyway, they they do mutual funds, they do close ETFs and whatnot, and and bullet shares are. Uh, corporate bonds or high yield bonds or whatever, you know, different types of bond portfolios that are, have target date maturities. So in other words, you might be in the, um, a 2024 portfolio. Um, there's one symbol called BSCO. And the, typically, though, when you go into a bond portfolio, people have the anticipation um, that you put your money in and you get the interest. And then at the end of the day, you get your money back. That's the idea mm-hmm. traditionally behind a bond or a CD for that matter. Mm-hmm. The th- thing about, about this though is with a bond portfolio, an ETF or anything like that, they have to have pricing intraday. Okay. Um, so uh, every day, uh, intraday and intraday pricing. So every day you're going to have pricing on the security and every hour it trades, you're going to have pricing. So if you look on this particular portfolio, and I'm looking at a chart from it, um, the the portfolio at one point t- traded in, you know, much higher than it is right now, for example. And, and it, and it, I think at the bond, the interest rate back at the time was maybe, you know, 4% or maybe less. Um, now it's higher. Uh, but the portfolio went down dramatically and now it's going back up. So if you were in the portfolio and you bought it, let's say at the high, you would have lost like 5% of your portfolio. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you would have gotten maybe a 4% rate of return of that. Of course, the interest rate is increased by that. So uh, invariably you'd be just a, a tad down in the portfolio. So what I'm trying to say is you got to understand when you go into a bond fund or a, or a bullet fund uh, in, in essence, it's still a, a fund that you're buying. You're not, you're buying a portfolio of bonds, but you're not buying that guarantee. If you wanted absolute safety, uh, so to speak, and a surety that you're going to get your return of your principal back, you'd go to and buy an, an actual bond, whether it be a treasury bond, a treasury note, uh, a corporate bond, a CD, where you put in your $1,000 and you know at the end of the maturity range, you're going to get the $1,000 back plus that guaranteed interest, you know, or whatever the yield of maturity is. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the thing. There's a lot of people who go into these bond funds, and also they do have costs. They, the costs are the bullet funds are somewhere, I think it's like 0.1 for the shortest term duration, and then the most aggressive might be 0.42. So they're very competitive, uh, but you got to say you're, they, that affects your yield every day. So I just think you got to evaluate what you're looking for and understand there is volatility. And when you go into those things that you think might not have volatility, there is volatility unless you own the actual bond. Mm. All right, it's the Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio 92.3. Get your questions in before it's too late, 437-1620. You know, we're uh, heading into an election year. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I just I can't wait for this. It's going to be very interesting. I uh, wanted to know, uh, does the stock market usually do well during election years? Believe it or not, when you have federal elections like this, the presidency, um, the market usually is up 82% of the time. Mm. Now, we're not, now, what kind of range will it be this year? We're thinking that it might be somewhere between 8 and 16%. I mean, if you look at the rate of return for just January's return on the S&P, I think you'd come up with, if you looked at it and you analyzed that return, you'd be up in the like high 20s or something maybe. Uh, I mean, just really, really high. Mm-hmm. Do I think that's realistic? I don't think so. I think that we're going to, uh, we're not going to have that strong of a year. Um, 
you know, it looks like you know, January is a great month. I mean, but I'm just saying that, again, there was a lot of things that were baked into that. The assumptions, and I, I got to say assumptions, were that, oh, the Fed's going to cut rates like crazy. And and that just is not looking like it's going to pan out. And I don't think it's going to pan out like that. Right. I know a lot of people, especially uh, people in my family that I, I, I've seen this, you know, firsthand, they kind of vote with their wallet, you know, their pocketbook in right. mind. Uh, do you see the policies of any one party benefiting the markets and benefiting people's you know, econ- you know, the whole economy actually more than the other? Well, I'm sure that's a loaded question. Any, any, <laughs> yeah. any politician, which way you're going to go with it, we're going to say, well, Democrats are better for this and Republicans better for that. And, you know, bottom line, I think it's our country that we need to think about right mm. now. You know, yeah, I mean, point. you know, I mean, I don't think that any any politician sits up there and says, well, I've got to do this because it's going to be good for all the Republicans or all the Democrats, it, it, you know, they're, they're definitely being influenced by people and, and lobbyists and whatnot about getting certain things to accomplish that will certainly benefit that particular lobbyist. Mm-hmm. But the greater picture of things, it's a real tough thing to say a top down, you know, view. I think it's, I think fundamentally everything should be looked at from a bottom, bottom up view, which means granularly, you gotta look at that lobbyist who's influencing that particular political candidate or that, uh, lobbyist group or whatever, or individuals that are writing their congressmen or whatever, they sh- they could have some pull uh, versus you know just sitting back. Yeah, let's hope that uh, Taylor Swift doesn't getting getting into lobbying or or uh, suggesting certain stocks because well, I mean most of her fans can't even you know legally go out and buy anything anyway. But anyway, I digest on that one. Um, we we talked about you know oil and healthcare, real estate, securities, and consumer staples being big uh, this time of year. But what and this kind of leads me into my next question about crypto. A lot of people talk about crypto. We hear about it every day. Is this one of the areas that you would avoid in this year? You know, I I have not been a real big crypto guy. And um, I got interviewed, I remember, several years ago about, um, it was like WEAR, I think it was, interviewed me um, what I thought of Bitcoin at the time. It was like $20,000 a share. I said, it's too high. I wouldn't invest in it, you know. And, right. and people thought I was crazy when I said that. Of course, it, it declined, I think, like t- to 8,000 or something, just crash. Mm. I was lucky, I guess. But anyway, I, I'm still not a, a real big fan of it. I think that um, there are cases where people do, uh, sometimes crypto does get stolen. I'm not saying it happens all the time. It has been cases of it. You know, you know, ask people who are involved with FTX what they felt about their investment right. in crypto. It yep. didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I think it really depends. I think it's great that you have some companies that are now able to trade on the SEC. Uh, I think I would be really careful about which ones I invested in mm. because certain ones have some uh, actual hold it in trust, a special trust account that guarantee that this is going to be it, or I should say word the word guarantee, but uh, supposedly make every assurances that, that this is not going to be a disappearing kind of a fictional kind of thing right? Uh, versus other companies are, are still dealing with um, less, um, I guess, uh, less secure means. If you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Oh, excuse me. I should have I should request that water. I actually, oh, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, I'm just saying that I think that I wouldn't make it a core portion of my portfolio. I think there are other things out there that would be more um, secure investments. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, when clients come to me, they say, you know, we uh, first one of the thing is we want to preserve our capital. Generally, you know, they want to make money. They don't want to be aggressively risking it. Um, you know, I had one person who came to me one time and said, "Hey, here's three hundred thousand. I want you to." to uh, invest, do what you want to, but there's 50,000 extra. I want you to do a trade at the end of the day, the last minute of every day, try to make a buck or a penny or whatever, any stock you want to, but just do that in the last minute of every day. I said, "Uh, excuse me, um, I won't be taking your account. Uh, Yeah. 
He says, what do you mean? You, you know, I said, I won't be taking it. I said, I can't devote the last one to two minutes of every day just for your making a penny or five cents right. or whatever, if I can make that, who knows? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, it, it, that's called day trading. I'm not into that, right. you know? And, and I, anyway, I said, you know, I said, go to, go somewhere else, mm. you know, yeah. go somewhere else. I know some day traders actually, uh, being a musician, I meet people, you know, and they, I, I see them and they, that it's, it's an up and down battle. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how day traders do what they do. I would be so nervous. It'd be like sitting at a gambling table for me. You know, I would just think that at any moment, poof, it's all gone, you know, or, you know, you get a windfall and you could have 20 grand, but the next day you could lose 40. So I don't know. That's, that just blows my mind how people can sit and do that. Um, if you have any questions this morning, let us know. 437-1620. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Talking about crypto and day trading and things like that, uh, that leads me to a, a question. What do you see, because you've been doing this for over 30 years, you've seen people make classic mistakes and probably blunders that you couldn't probably even imagine. What are some of the biggest mistakes you've noticed that people make in um, investing? Buying the hot dot. Ah, I see that over and over again. The biggest, biggest example I remember back, I first introduced to it back in 99 when the hot dot back then was telecommunication funds. And um, I, I literally saw people who were selling their bond fund, wanted to sell their bond fund that had really good returns and bonds were, I think, yielding back then maybe 99, 6% or so. And um, six, it's a 6% tax-free, like some of those I mean, really amazing things. Yeah. So that means government bonds are a little bit higher probably. Anyway, um, and they were selling those because they, they only made like 10% total return or something on their bond fund and uh, the previous year, and they wanted to go into something, the, the hot dot, which is like uh, telecommunication funds. And they did in some cases. I, I remember some people, I said, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And, and, um, and anyway... Anyway, what happened is in 2000, 2001, 2002, the market went down 20% every year for the next three years. And guess what the fund that went down the most? Science, those science and techno, uh, telecommunication funds just mm. got decimated completely. Those people never got their money back. Mm. So, you know, I mean, I don't think they did. I mean, uh, but anyway, it, it was just crazy. That was a, uh, and I see that, I can't, I, you know, people get excited about the, the whatever's talking about on TV and they think, oh, that must be the rage. Well, you know, what about the, uh, the person who's doing pretty well, you know, I mean, there's some other good deals that they are not talking about that are doing pretty well. And so I think that that's what we try to do at our mod advisors. It's, it's good to be in a stock like Amazon that had an 80% year is Amazon up this year more. Yes. It doing well. Is it going to go up 80% this year? No, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen, you know, but it's probably going to outperform the market, whatever the outperformance is. So I think what you have to do is say, okay, I don't want to, if I have new money, I want to go for something that's possibly a discount. You know, I mean, you wouldn't go to a store and you wouldn't want to say, can I buy the most expensive thing you have on your store, please? <laughs> I, I don't want to care about discounts. Right. I want to buy the most expensive, hottest thing. You never say that. Right. Never. Mm-hmm. But people do that in the market all the time. They go, oh, well, that's a hot stock. I got to be on that. <laughs> really? Really? Well, how, why is it hot? What, what assurance is you going to, you know? So anyway, you just got to be, you got to step back. And I think that's where uh, insurance guy, or not in, an informed investor and also a, a guy who wants to work with an investment advisor who can kind of help be that referee and kind of say, hey, listen, that makes sense, doesn't make sense. Here's some ideas that makes a good sense. You know, things that are on sale that have really good stories behind it. 
what is what is your big I mean there's lots going on in the world and even you know social media posts can start swaying public opinion and you know the financial markets can respond uh, I'm thinking of the the GameStop you know incident um, but uh, what what are what are your biggest worries I would say moving forward into this year uh, as as a professional investor what what worries you what keeps you up at night well nothing gets me up at night thank goodness <laughs> um, you know I know that uh, some people you know, worry about the end of the world. And, and I said, if we've got that problem, you know, everything is going to be kaput and it's going to be a, you know, you won't worry about your investments. It's kind of like when the hurricane knocks everything out and the power and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. fundamentally what happens, you go back to the basics, you know, there's no internet, you break out the book, you turn on the, listen to the radio a lot more that, you know, you know the bound with your battery, you know, I mean, you know, you pull up the generator. I mean, it's a different world. So I think that what worries me, I think is uh, uh, really, you know, trying to make sure that clients are in a position in the portfolio that so their principal is not going to be eradicated. You know, you want to make sure that they're in securities that over time can outperform the market with some degree of certainty. And um, and you, and that's the that's you know, they understand that hopefully, and you're on the same sheet and you understand. There's always surprises. You have to accept that there are always surprises right. uh, that you know you that people think about and you, you can't realize it. It happens. You know, we asked the president that I'm sure he gets surprised all the time in just his job. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So I uh, want to go ahead and pump the website here, armadaadvisors.com. Give them a call 497-6167. Uh, and if you have any questions for us today, while he's on the air, let uh, Mr. Odom know, uh, 437-1620. We had a text just come in, uh, and this is something I wanted to talk about next, so this is a great segue. Does Fidelity offer a dividend portfolio, and if so, what is the average rate of return? Uh, there are several mutual funds that uh, Fidelity offers that has a dividend portfolio, um, and uh, dividends are good. I mean, you know, you can last year dividend paying securities did not do as well as more growth oriented portfolios. And, um, you know, we went to Fidelity because Fidelity is the largest custodian in the United States there. Uh, when we buy mutual funds from them, we will buy, uh, institutional shares so that that way, normally you have to have a million dollars to buy these share classes and we'll be able to do that because our relationship with Fidelity. Um, so yes, there are several, and I, I, you know, I could mention a couple, I don't want to necessarily just throw out names and everything, Mm but, uh, there are some, ones that are more dividend focused than growth focused. And I think that they're probably going to do uh, fairly well this year, but I think it ultimately you want to have some growth in the portfolio, uh, but you definitely want to buy some on a discount. I mean, that's what it's all about. Buy low, sell high. If you can do that over time, you're on top of things. Well, other than Fidelity and, and the, the main structure there, what uh, what makes Armada Advisors different from other firms? Well, you know, we don't put people at, at, at treat people as a pie chart. I mean, so many times when you walk in the door with a place like a financial company, you say, oh, well, you know, you're so old, you need some small cap growth, large cap value, uh, large cap growth, um, you need uh, mid cap, you need a little bit of this. I mean, it's like you're building like a, a cherry pie. Mm. And, 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 I, and I say, you know, you never go into like Dillard's and say, okay, you need some short pants, you need these panties, you got to have this lipsticks, you got to have this for your, your, wait a minute, I just wanted to buy a dress. Or I just want to buy some pair pants. Give me a good value. I was looking for value. Mm-hmm. You know, what was on good that I like that's on sale and everything. And, and what we do is we look for the person. We try to find out, okay, what are you looking for? Okay, here's some pros and here's the cons. And, you know, ultimately we want to save our money, our clients' money. That's why we work with Fidelity. They're the best custodian. I think I've worked with 
uh, was with a main brokerage firm for 17 years. It's night and day difference between Fidelity and that firm. And that firm, people are always pushing product. We don't push product at Fidelity, you know. So it be a local person getting access to Fidelity with institutional pricing. It really goes a long way. And I think that, that we're able to help people um, and make some good money in that uh, for people. And I think that's what it's all about. ArmadaAdvisors.com. Check them out online. There's a chat feature there, or you can just give them a call at 850-497-6167. My guest this morning, Wesley Odom, the owner of Armada Advisors. Uh, You've been doing financial advising for over 30 years, and uh, uh, Armada currently manages about $150 million with Fidelity. Um, And we've talked about 401ks a lot, but the the IRAs, are they kind of the the slow and steady wins the race kind of deal because I, I I'm probably going to have an IRA hopefully soon, but I, I can't see doing anything more than that for a while. Um, and, and what is, what is the rate? How much can we can actually contribute to that now this year? Is that going to go up? Well, if you're over 50, you can do $8,000 this year, uh, Eight. which is okay. nice. Uh, it went up. It's been, goes up periodically when the IRS uh, does the computations. And um, I think IRA contributions are all, well, awesome. I mean, you know, you be able to put money, and you have a choice of being able to put money in uh, pre-tax mm-hmm. uh, in some cases with it being an IRA, gross tax deferred, um, and, or you can do after tax, which is called a Roth IRA. And there's some there's some regulations involved if you make so much money um, or too much money, I should say. You can't put money directly into a Roth, mm-hmm. but there's a called a backdoor strategy where you put money um, in an IRA and then you immediately do a conversion into a Roth. Uh, there's a way to to, to do that, to fund mm-hmm. it. Uh, and that's what I uh, recommend for some people where that makes sense, where they're, you know, they're getting a deduction in their 401k. They're not able to get a uh, pre-tax deduction on their IRA. So therefore the advantage of they want to save and have to, when they grow tax-free, it's, it's a good way to do a backdoor Roth mm-hmm. uh, in that way. Um, it's really a, a really great strategy uh, because Roth grows tax-free, and, and that's just beautiful when you come down to it. I mean, someone asked me to do a calculation one time. If you put like $2,000 a year, when I first started out, it was the IRAs were $2,000 a year you can put in right. and back in 1992. And uh, people thought, oh, only $2,000 that's hardly anything. I was, well, if you did it for 30 years, and if you got 15%, which are granted is a, is a huge rate of return, but I just, just plug, in the, plug in, the, in the data, we're talking – uh, you would have roughly your sixty thousand dollar contribution would be worth roughly just shy of a million dollars. Ooh, okay, it's kind of amazing. Thirty years, mm-hmm. um, it's called compound interest. Right. And then if you pull that money out, okay, you pull your uh, if it's an IRA, you pull it out. It's it's all hundred percent taxable. Okay, all right, you got to be big income tax. Okay, right. you probably walk away with six hundred thousand roughly. Okay, right. after yeah. tax. Mm-hmm. All right, but if you put in $2,000 a year in a Roth. Of course, it didn't exist back in 92. Oh, granted, it did mm-hmm. not exist. But if you did, you wouldn't have got a pre-tax deduction, assuming you could have gotten one in the IRA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, around you'd have to pay around $21,000 more in taxes, but you would put $60,000 into it, same as you would have regular IRAs, but you'd put, again, put about $21,000 maybe more, you know, because it was after tax. But you'd still have, the IRA would still be worth a million dollars if you got the same return. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to take it out. Guess you, what? You, you take it out. It you owe how many taxes? Zero. Zero. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Oh, you did pay twenty one thousand extra though. Begin with. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. You with me? So Roth mm-hmm. is really, really important, especially right. if you're younger. I think it's really neat to put in Roth because you can take out the principal any time and no penalty penalty to the principal, mm. which is really nice, especially if you like need a big purchase like a house or something or a big car you got to do. You got to mm-hmm. invade that retirement account, which I hate to do it, but sometimes people have to do it for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of different strategies you can do. And, and um, you know, that's what it takes to, to talk to a guy who been around the block like me and um, or, or I have another associate. My actually... Uh, my son Trevor works with me. He's uh, uh, got his graduate degree from Johns Hopkins, and mm-hmm. uh, real smart guy. Huh. Speaks like Spanish and German, so wow. we can help a lot of people. Oh, awesome! Go by and check them out today at their new location, eighteen hundred Northeast Street. You said you got a big new parking lot, right? Yeah, a yep. lot of space. A lot of space. A lot more room uh, than our. Uh, prior location so we're growing what can we say that's great that's great check them out online armadaadvisors.com or just give them a call on the phone 850-497-6167 my guest this morning has been wesley odom the owner of armada advisors here in pensacola florida um wow I'm, i cannot wait to get into investing i've been holding off and just trying to pay off debt for years and years and years. And, uh, what do you say to somebody like me who's getting into the, to the whole deal a little late? Um, you know, I don't have maybe 30 years to, uh, to long haul this. What do you, what do you recommend for me? Well, uh, Hey, everyone's different. You got to start out somewhere. Right. And, uh, and certainly getting out of debt and paying high interest. Uh, that's really important. I mean, think about it. if you're paying 20% to the, to the, uh, to the credit card company, right. that's a guaranteed return. You know, yeah. you, you stop, pay off that debt and you made 20%. Whoa. I can't guarantee you that in the stock market. Exactly. Yep. That's, that's good. Good advice there. Uh, thank you for joining us today on Pensacola thank expert you. panel. Enjoy. Yep. Yeah.